0: Hi, this is Dan Gundry and welcome to the next episode of Knock Your Socks Off. I am elated to be joined here by Paul Noble, uh, founder and CEO of ActiveView, uh, one of the industry-leading companies within command and control technologies, one of the most progressive companies in that market over the last 30 or 40 years, Paul. It's hard to imagine that, uh, uh, that ActiveView has been around that long and successful throughout those years. Tell me about the early days of ActiveView. We'll get that out of the way and we can all talk about current and future.
1: Oh, yeah, look, it's, uh, you know, we've had a, it's actually 40 years this, uh, this year. And, um, you know, we, our first uh, 15 years or so was really focused on what today is called digital signage. And then in the the uh, early 90s, we were approached to create NASDAQ market site, and that really changed us as a company. Um, it, it led to us um, becoming a software developer. We ended up writing uh, about a quarter of a million lines of C, C++, and VB code uh, to take uh, feeds from NASDAQ in Trumbull, Connecticut, and turn them into the visual images that you still see I think today, on television as a backdrop. And, um, and then uh, the next step was that our, our chief technology officer at the time said, you know, you could be doing everything that you're doing with hardware, we were a hardware manufacturer, we actually were the manufacturers of the developers of the first US video wall processor. He said you could do all of that and more in software. Um, and um, we were not the world's greatest manufacturer. And I think it gave us it, it was very fortunate in a way because uh, we there was no one in the company fighting to uh, maintain our hardware business. And we launched ourselves uh, at the end of the 1999 we introduced our software platform um, at the financial technology expert Jacob Javitz, and um, you know the rest is dare I say it history. Um, it took a while for our software to uh, for the for the the platform, not really the software, but the platform to come of age. So uh, in fairly short order, we went from a ten megabit. Uh, network network speed to hundred, and that uh, had a significant effect. Um, microprocessors were increasing, uh, you know, under Moore's law, and uh, so that's kind of that brought us into the into, I would say, the twenty uh, first century.
0: And and during that period of time, uh, if memory serves from some of our earlier conversations. You guys have a distinct. Uh, milestone there of the first control room on Mars
1: well that was a little earlier that was uh,
0: <laughs> that that was yeah nonetheless it's a really cool it's a really cool uh uh, uh title to claim
1: I was kind of digital signage days we did the uh we we put a video wall and and a uh in uh Michael Jackson's train station and uh, Michael's marvelous video um, jukebox uh, run by a 72 uh, disc um, Pioneer laser disc uh, jukebox mechanism. And uh, then we uh, did, uh, we uh, provided the uh, processing for uh, the uh, total recall uh, so we, yes, indeed, we got our, we got our, uh, our, our wall, the first wall, I would say, first video wall, certainly the first video wall on mine.
0: And that was the first Total Recall with Arnold Schwarzenegger, not that silly little ream they did it a couple of ago.
1: It was the first one, I think it was in 90, uh, maybe it was in 92, I think, when it came out. We're
0: not, we're not even going to say where we were in 1992, Paul, there you go. we're not going to go there. Um, so. You know, I said something at the opening and you kind of touched on it in terms of your, you know, evolution as a company, software and the pro AV market 20 years ago didn't really make sense. Quite, I would almost say software and the pro AV market five years ago didn't sound like terms that really went well together. Talk to me about that pivot, because that's a, that's a huge decision to say we're a hardware centric company today, we're a software centric company tomorrow
1: i must honestly say that i you know i think it was a, you know it was a, it was it was wonderful for us it it, it you know we came out and we came out with a platform in in at the end of 99 uh in 2000 2001 9 11 kind of stopped everything for about a year and then it came back with a the market came back with a vengeance uh in terms of uh secure the security market um and we uh we prospered i think uh, because of the fact that our mantra was um it's all the power of the software using standard off-the-shelf major brand hardware components such as uh, in the early days hp servers and more recently dell and um today our our solution is almost you know almost a hundred percent kind of really mainstream hardware. We use AMD graphics cards typically, Uh, but the power is in the software. And I, I don't want to say we were the first, I honestly would say to the best of my recollection, Barco was the first, uh, probably in the the year or two before us, I think they might've come out with a, with a a Unix based platform. Uh, But, you know, they were selling. They were continuing to kind of focus on the proprietary or quasi-proprietary hardware around it. Since we weren't a manufacturer, we were effectively um, freed freed from the need to kind of pedal stuff. Not, you know, out of no disrespect intended.
0: No, I'm I'm sure not at all. Um... So I think great, great basis of who ActiveView has become over the years and, and, and how you got to where you are. Let's, um, let's take a a little bit of a look towards the now and, and into the future. So the market evolves on a daily basis in terms of command and control. And there are so many different subsets and verticals within command and control that we could talk about. Just give me your general take on the industry, where it's going, um what you know crystal ball kind of future, kind of sum that up for me if you can. Just where do you see the market going? What do you see as the outcome for the for the market over the next couple of years?
1: I must say I listened to your first interview with with Ryan Schoenfeld, and um I think he really, really addressed the lot the longer the bigger bigger question of where the market's going. I don't know whether. I think it's evolving. I wouldn't put a time frame on it on it. But, um, you know, he talked about the evolution of the physical control room. Um, he talked about distributed control rooms. He talked about hybrid operators um, who may be in the control room and they may not be in the control room for whatever reason. He he talked about the convergence of physical and digital security. Um, and he talked about automate, automated incident response. He talked about platforms versus solutions. He talked about AR, VR. He talked about hybrid platforms to enable on-premise to cloud trans, transitions um, and evolving platforms to meet operating, operational needs. Um, I would throw into that two things that we're focused on which is mobility and collaboration and collaboration i think has more um is is more important when you you put mobility into the into the mix because uh you know you can't walk over to the individual at the next desk and talk to them but i think the very you know the big big questions are whether the physical uh, control room uh will remain a, a dominant uh, fixture, uh whether uh, decision makers and operators will necessarily be in the physical space, uh whether the software or what the I, would, I mean today everything is moving to the cloud, whether uh the uh the software that we sell today primarily on premise because I think a lot of the decision making, a lot of the purchasing in the markets we're in uh, on the public side are, you know, CapEx decisions. So they want they got money to spend uh, on the private side. They're much more, more, I think, focused on the idea of buying a software as a service. Um, I think the whole idea uh, and it's something that we came to over Uh, a period of many years of observing that the the control room video wall was iconic and it was a dominant visual element of a control room. It was um, certainly something that um, impressed. It's certainly something that would inform if there was an incident that the television cameras would go there and it would look like people were doing their job. But so often the content that's being displayed, has been, is today displayed on these video walls is relatively static and when a really uh, a high-level incident occurs, everyone looks down, uh, the operators look down on their desktop because that's where they can find the useful information. So we, as a company, have been very focused on the idea of um, incident visual information being driven by an incident so that the right information appears on not just a video wall but a desktop on a mobile device Um, because when incidents occur people do not have time to rearrange information on video walls Um, and so i think you know going back to what ryan said i i I think this whole conversation uh, including ar-vr we played around with it. It's not really there yet, maybe. And I think with Apple, uh, introducing, uh, their, um, you know, their first, uh, AR, VR, uh, XR solution, uh, next week, I think, uh, it may be, it's certainly going to be the beginning of the future today. I'm not sure that in the average control room, people could, um, would, uh, be uh, happy to have a, uh, headset on their heads uh, for an extended period, but for mobile, mobile environments, I think it's, it's, um, it's, it's pretty exciting. And we, you know, we played, we have played with it and we created some prototypes and it's just an extraordinary idea that you can, it's almost Peter Pan like that today when you're sitting in a control room, you look up at information or you look across at information. There's a limited, there's a limit to what you can actually see, um, easily see. Um, and uh, in a virtualized environment, you can just kind of move around and uh, look at it and maybe turn and look behind you at another location, effectively a, a virtualized uh, location. Uh, it's, um, I mean, we're, we get up every morning, we're excited about the future.
0: Yeah, we're, we're getting as close to the minority report type of control room as we've ever gotten, right? With the, the virtual reality, the augmented reality side of it. Um, you said something earlier that I, I, I just wanted to clarify f- for the audience too, that we, we agree the overview video wall has been that showpiece of a control room for the longest period of time. But realistically, what I like to say is if that wall goes down, a control room still functions. Uh, but if they lose what's happening in front of them at a forensic level, at an operator level, That's realistically where the rubber meets the road. So software products, hardware products, uh, technology solutions aimed here at the operator is really the mission critical side of what we do. Um, You also talked about um, the hybrid scenario, the the mobility type of uh, remote workforce. How do you see that playing out? I mean, there's a lot of talk in the pro AV space about hybrid work and remote work and what have you. And that makes sense for, you know, you or I that's sitting here and and crunching numbers and putting together reports and presentations and what have you, or even just this type of a conversation. But somebody who's working out of a home office in a virtual control room versus somebody else who's working out of their own office in a virtual control room, how does that workflow look in those spaces? And how do we ensure that, the operator experience, because you know, we also talk about things like visual acuity and eye strain and operator fatigue and all those things. How does all of that make sense in a remote or a hybrid scenario?
1: Well, look, I think that in certain you know, many of our key historic historical key markets in the public sector and the quasi public sector, uh, for security reasons you know covid obviously was the big the big triggering point for people to think different um, and um, even in those markets I think the uh, the organization's beginning to realize that there may be a point in time when um, their operators cannot get to the physical control room. I think in the private sector where we started um, We've started to have some success um, providing a more um, cloud, more of a cloud solution, SaaS solution to uh, large uh, organizations uh, in the um, primarily in the um, cyber security and IT security space. Um, During COVID, uh, those operators were not there. They had access to the same material coming from the cloud, the same source, the same alerting and monitoring um, platforms. And um, as we went through the, uh, through, through the um, pandemic, uh, we, towards the end of the pandemic, we had a lot of people, a lot of uh, customers and prospective customers saying, boy, You know, we we wish we'd known you existed at the beginning of this pandemic because uh, we add a layer um, to if you strip it all away and you take away all the stuff. Our business is this kind of layer of visual information distribution. We're not aggregating information as a dashboard. We're not uh, stepping on the toes of the informate, the major information providers. Uh, you know, the service niles the Splunks, the, the ice, you know, whatever, uh, ISO softs, the, the whoever, whatever the vertical is, but the information providers. But we're just in in the business of aggregating visual information and getting it where it needs to go. And today, certainly the control room, the physical, the physical video wall is a significant um, component of that. Uh, but it may not be in the future. And uh, I mean, you talk about visual acuity. Um, I would simply say that, you know, our personal visual acuity, and it's just a bunch of people looking at information, is, is you know, maybe 12 million pixels of which you actually only see, um, you know, three degrees of foveal vision with any degree of, of visual acuity at any point. And once you've arguably... As an example, even in a physical control room, you have, um, I'm sure, in the not very distant future at all, flexible, um, you know, kind of OLED type of, uh, of, of, of visual space that's not uh, delineated by mullions um, on the desktop of, of 10, 12 million pixels of space you're covering the entirety of one's visual space is one going to really look up in the air to see a a, a video wall i don't know i uh, these things you know tra- transition slowly um uh, folks that are in the in the business of designing these spaces are starting i've no doubt some of the more uh forward thinking of them to think about the control room of the future but is the control room of the future the control room of the future or is it something bigger is it the sharing of visual information getting it to people who need to see it um uh, wherever they are and, and I'll add one very interesting uh, I mean very interesting for us was one of the um one of the things that we discovered in um in the private sector was that the individuals who were most interested in what we were trying to do uh and they, you know this was during covid were the um with the c-level folks the decision makers uh because the subject matter expert knows where to find information relating to an incident it's you know muscle uh memory you know, click click you know oh it's there we can find the information do something about it but then they go and they 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 go upstairs to the decision maker and say, sir, we got a problem. Um, you know, this is what we want to do. And the fellow says, well, can you share with me this information? They, they, it's really hard. Where do you find it? And it's like, it's time sensitive. Something's they're trying to close down some cyber attack. Um, so even, even if the decision makers are sitting in the control room, and they're looking at a big video wall. Um, you know, they have to run over and look over the over the shoulder of the operator who's really finding the mission critical incident related information on their desktop. So we've been very focused on this whole idea of, of automating that process and getting it to all of those who need to make a decision um, In many ways, the most critical being the ones that don't don't necessarily have it uh, have easy access to that information.
0: Yeah, I think workflow uh, and SOPs have always been really critical to control rooms, but I think as the dynamics and logistics of the space change, those workflows become even more critical. Because the person's right, not sitting beside you anymore they're in a different room in a different building different state, whatever the case is so I, I definitely agree with that um, I, the, the I've been reading a bunch of disturbing things I guess is probably the word maybe that's my word um, you know automation and artificial intelligence is going to replace millions of jobs in the foreseeable future. Uh, The biggest one I was reading about recently was uh, in in the, in the food, in the, in the, you know, the fast food markets. Do you see AI and robotics taking some of these jobs of operators and or dispatchers sitting in spaces? Just any, any thoughts on that piece, Paul?
1: Well, I, I would frame it a little differently. Will, Will, you know, I, I'm, I'm, will, artificial intelligence um, uh, enhance incident response. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it will uh, presenting information to people and having them respond uh, takes X amounts of time. And arguably um, artificial intelligence will speed the response uh, and there's probably going to be artificial Intelligence on the other side of the equation, attacking or you know it creating the incident in the first place. So um, I would imagine, will it re- displace uh, operators? Um, I I wouldn't venture a guess, but I would say that it, at the very least, I think it will impact uh, what they do, what their skill set is. Uh, but I would, yes, I would. Um, Being a bit of a futurist myself, I would imagine that over time, um, yes, indeed, uh, no question uh, uh, for, you know, for just obvious uh, reasons.
0: It's just one of those things that you think about, right? Um, Right now, a lot of control rooms have a hard time putting people in seats. A lot of them use guard services, uh, not necessarily an analyst type of position. And you start to worry about whether or not some of those positions, roles and or at least activities, to your point, uh, individual responsibilities and or uh, activities might be replaced. Um, Final thought. um, So first of all, thank you. You sharing your ideas, thoughts, perspective especially over the the kind of esteemed career you've had in the marketplace is is very appreciated um, and and hopefully well received by the audience. My final thought is we're coming up on Infocom in a matter of days, fast approaching here. Um, To my recollection, we are going to have the first ever real concentrated control room meetup with the express purpose of creating some type of a focus and awareness on the control room market uh, just share with me your thoughts on that, you know, where you see it from either your per- personal perspective, from active use perspective, what that might mean for you and or the greater market.
1: I mean, Dan, thank you. I think, you know, you've been instrumental in this and, and, and in this in, in this um, process, too. Um, I think it's I think having open conversations are wonderful. I think they. I mean, honestly, I think the, the real conversation needs to broaden to embrace um, end users and those in between, in, or in, the, in the kind of channel in between, uh, just to openly talk about where the future is going and how we can help our clients to get there. But I think it's, I think it's tremendous, and, and I applaud you for having... Um, Kind of brought this made made this statement in the market by by starting it best i understand it's you seem to have been driving it and you seem to have uh and, and this this process is is fabulous i i mean i i've only listened to one of the of of, of your um of your uh sessions so far and i found it absolutely compelling um and exciting, frankly, here a bright, bright, you know, super bright person, um, you know, that you interviewed. You know, it was fabulous.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to somebody else picking up on this one and saying, "I want to be the next one up to to build off of what Paul shared as well." Um, so, thank you. Uh, it's definitely a volunteer effort within the industry. Um, I, I I didn't create the drive, um, but but definitely proud to be a part of that. You and I had this conversation earlier when we were. Uh, when we were talking about this conversation, you know, I'm I, speaking only for myself here. Uh, I'm getting too old to not start thinking about concepts of legacy and leaving the market behind better than we, we found it. Um, so, so that's a, a big part of it as well. Paul, thank you so much for joining me today. I learned a lot, um, always respected you and so glad we got a chance to know each other a little bit more.
1: Thank you so much, Dan.